Everybody, welcome to the most emergency Oklahoma drill that has ever existed. Um, it's nine in the morning. Um, we're recording this now because Alex was not awake at 1.26 a.m. when Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers and the Oklahoma City Thunder traded Paul George to the Clippers for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and the most first-round picks that have ever been involved in a trade, ever. Um, let's let's start. Alex, what do we do? Um, so I just want to point out that I've been just glued to Twitter and overreacting to every report that's happened um, over the last five days waiting for Kawhi, or I guess six days, waiting for Kawhi Leonard to actually make a decision. And... I think I missed his decision by 15 minutes while I went to sleep. Um, okay, sorry, I was reading a tweet. Yeah, so I I missed I missed his decision by 15 minutes, meaning I also missed the Paul George trade. I don't know, like, what was the timeline for the Paul George trade? I don't. Did that happen? It was like, simultaneously. It was immediate, and actually, like, so. I got the ESPN push notification to my phone and just saw Kawhi to the Clippers. And so I went to our group chat to type a bunch of exclamation marks. Um, then I clicked on the notification and the notification for the Clippers news had been had jumped up to Paul George to the Clippers. And so, Jesus, yeah, that was... Oh, that was really um, something. It was at that point that I called you for the first time. Yeah, so I received four phone calls from uh, Ryan uh, while I was asleep. Didn't wake up to any of them. I woke up to a very an eight second voicemail as well. So um, I cl- I knew something big had happened, but my goodness, this is about as big as it gets. Um, and. I mean, I will say that my immediate reaction was excitement because I was not wanting to watch the Thunder do the same thing next year because I I thought that last year they had kind of maxed out what that version of them could do. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been pretty vocal about that. That's obviously how I felt. Right. Um, So, yeah. So I was very excited. Yeah. We're going to lay down our cards immediately that this was a good thing for the Thunder. Which sounds wild. Um, A top 10 player forced his way out. Um, But this went about as well as that could possibly go for the Thunder. Um, And we'll we'll get into why. But like, my first response was, like, once I got over the shock of it, I was (laughs) ecstatic. Because I knew what it meant. I knew that it meant that we could move on. Right. Well, and just to look at how much the Thunder got, you know. And so, like, my – the first thing I really saw was I didn't see exactly what the Thunder got. I just saw people's reaction to what they got, and it was, wow, what a haul for Oklahoma City. What a great deal. And I was like, cool, we must have gotten a lot of picks because that's really what excites people, even though that's kind of dumb in my opinion. But I love getting picks, but – People overrate them, obviously. But so I went and actually found what they got, and they wound up. Anytime you get, I mean, I think three first round draft picks is a huge haul for pretty much any player. But getting five first round draft picks and two pick swaps is unprecedented. I don't think it's ever happened before because yeah. you can only trade you can only trade your four of your own first round draft picks in any deal. And mm-hmm. the Clippers traded three of their own first and then two Miami picks, which are potentially yeah. probably the most valuable picks of the group. So um, it's it was really, really exciting when I saw that. And then getting a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who I admittedly have not watched very much of. And when I have watched him, I haven't been blown away by what I saw. Um, yeah, I've seen him live. Um, yeah. The... Um... Shay is definitely like a smart guy, NBA guy, right? Which, like, 
I mean, this past year was like the season of the smart guy, NBA guy validation with the rise of Spicy P in Toronto. So, you know, maybe, maybe they, maybe they got themselves another one. Right. Well, and like anytime it's, it's not just like, I mean, there are plenty of smart guy, Twitter guys that I don't like because it's not the right smart people that like him, you know? And the guys that I really like, I, I like Zach Lowe. I want Zach Lowe to like a player because I value his opinion over pretty much anybody else's, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, and Zach Lowe's a big SGA fan, and there's just enough guys like Kevin Arnovitz also. like There are enough guys that are big SGA fans that I really respect their opinions to where I'm going to give the guy a really fair shake. Like I think he's probably like a really nice building block piece for the future. Um, and to get him in addition to the five first round draft picks is huge. We also got Danilo Gallinari, which that was really more for a salary purpose, I believe, but mm-hmm. getting him do- doesn't suck either because I don't really want to watch him play for the thunder, but he's a very flippable asset. He's on yeah. an expiring yeah. contract worth 22 million. You can flip that. Like, and the thing is, the Western Conference is going to be wide open. Like, I think the Clippers are the favorite at this point for getting Kawhi and Paul George. But there are going to be teams midseason. You might not trade Gallinari today, but, like, there's going to be a team in the middle of the year that's like, crap, we're not quite where we need to be, you know. And then they're going to be looking at a guy like Gallinari and, uh, we need a four that can shoot or we need a three that can shoot and score and then they're going to look at Gallinari on that expiring deal and think, okay, well, yeah, we'll give you a first-round draft pick for that, you know. And that, to me, is yeah. really um, – that's really exciting. So you might wind up turning Paul George into six first-round draft picks and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and that would be massive. Right. Which, can, like, the value, the astonishing value – that the Serge Ibaka trade has brought us. I yeah. am forever humbled. Like, it's it's pretty unbelievable. It is pretty yeah. it's honestly Sam Presti like five first round draft picks, Gallinari and S- SGA is is more value in a vacuum than Paul George. Like he ju- it just is. That's more than you yeah. would ever get for Paul George in a normal situation. Yeah. But the fact that he was able like Getting Paul George also got them Kawhi Leonard, so they were willing to do pretty much whatever. Right. Like, that was that right. was Presti really this, lucky yeah. on our part. Yeah. Presti played this astonishingly well. Yeah. Uh, Woj is currently reporting on how he also last night was playing the Raptors against the Clippers. Um, right. Which, like, a, a Raptors deal was never going to happen. Um, but, like, the threat of it, mobilize the Clippers to act. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that at this point, the Raptors and the Clippers were the two contenders for the for Kawhi. Right. Like, I think, I mean, I don't think Kawhi was, I mean, he was definitely considering the Lakers, but I think in the end, he didn't want to go and just be a part of that super team. I think right. he was really more interested in doing his own thing and getting a team that's really built for yeah. him. Which, um, those of us of a historical mind, will note, was what was reported about Kawhi around this time last year. It's true. It's true. Um, And there's been a lot of, I mean, Lakers Twitter has been kind of insufferable, honestly, lately. Um, And there's been a lot of Woj uh, hate from Lakers Twitter because they're just like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about with Kawhi. Well, it turns out Woj was 100% correct and he knew exactly what he was talking about because Woj is the best at what he does. Yeah, you should trust like the premier NBA insider over some dude on Reddit who like, if you're optimistic, you think is like related to Genie Bus somehow. Right. (laughs) Well, and like there, it wasn't just that though. Like Mark Stein was reporting that the Lakers were super optimistic. Like I think the Lakers thought they were. Well, I think the Lakers absolutely were super optimistic. Um, Which it makes sense why they would be because if Kawhi went there, they would be the best team in the league by far. Like it would have been 
objectively a better a situation more set up to win multiple championships than the situation he chose it just that's not what Kawhi Leonard wanted to do he wanted to be at home he wanted to be in LA clearly or at least as close to San Diego as he could be and he wanted to have a team built for him and that's exactly what the Clippers offered it's a great it's a great situation for him I'm really excited to see how it works out like it's going to be fun to watch um, I will, I want to ask you though, is there any bit of you that's a little bit like, I don't want to, not like heartbroken, but just a little bit hurt that Paul George requested a trade I because mean, there is a little bit of that for me. Not that like, I'm not disappointed that he did it, but it just kind of stings a little bit to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul George, it, a I year mean, after a he resigned because it's the, um, it's the thing where, you know, <laughs> we all felt good about ourselves and about our city because we got our free agent to resign. Um, and, and like the belief that like his friendship was Russ, like, you know, there was a lot to feel like Paul George was really happy here and excited about staying here. Um, and like this sort of peels the veneer of that a bit. It sort of reveals right. the degree to which that was Paul George being a professional. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's fair to say that he probably did feel that way last year. Mm-hmm. But I think if you look at things the way, I mean, maybe Paul George kind of was looking at it the way we were in that he's like, y'all, I just played as well as I could for a whole year and it didn't get us anywhere. Right. You know what I mean? And he was looking at the situation like maybe the Thunder were like, yeah, we're going to make improvements to the roster for sure. And, and then they come they, back to him with Mike Muscala, Mike Muscala Alec Burks, and, Alec Burks. and Nerlens Noel again. Like that's not that's not going to inspire confidence in a, in a guy like Paul George whenever he's right. looking at, oh, Kawhi really wants me to go home and play for the team that I rooted for growing up. Right. Like, and we why wouldn't I want to do NBA. that? Yeah. Right. No, exactly. It's, I don't begrudge him making the decision, but it, I mean, it's not a decision that makes you like happy about Oklahoma city as a place. Right. right. Which is like, obviously plays on like the essential thunder insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't begrudge Paul George at all for making this decision. He gets to play for the team he grew up rooting for. Um, yeah. which is now the best team in the NBA. Um, and it, it, I don't, it's not clear cut though. Like they're, they're maybe the best team in the NBA, but like there are other teams that have a say in that. You right. know, I think there's a right. couple teams in the East that have a say. And I mean, there are definitely teams in the West that are right. going to be ready to compete with them for sure. I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong to say, for instance, that this is like the best the Clippers have ever been. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. Right. Absolutely. So, like, yeah. No, there's – anyone would do that, right? And they're just – they're such – they've been such an astonishingly well-run team since they got Doc Rivers out of the front office, basically. Like, yeah. Doc Rivers is a great basketball coach, and he was hurting himself by making personnel decisions because he just wasn't good at it, you know? Yeah. And they got him out of that role. They put – they got Jerry West to come yeah. be in Which, charge way, and help out. Jerry West, definitively the greatest NBA executive of all time. I think we he's a see. fucking baller, man. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, he he's the one who got Shaq to LA. He's the guy who traded for Kobe. Like, just that on your resume, you're probably in the top three. But now he's a guy that went to the Clippers, and like, he's not the only guy there that's doing stuff. But he's like kind of the guy that everybody looks up to there. And he, like, I guarantee you, he was probably one of the stronger voices in that pitch room. And now he's got Kawhi Leonard on the resume as well. You know, like that's, it's pretty unbelievable. And it's like, kind of shows you how dumb the Lakers are right now for not effectively turning him down for right he literally would have worked for them but they were like no we're not interested because him and the owner don't have a really good history together and so he was like all right well i'm gonna go to the clippers and turn them into a title contender you know so 
it's pretty unbelievable to to see that kind of come through. And if you look at it from the Clippers standpoint too, it's like they've got two Southern California guys as the face of their franchise. Oh yeah. You know, that those are the kind of guys that you would think the Lakers would have, right? Like the because you would think, oh, they grew up in Southern California. They want to be Lakers and everything, you know, would line up really well. But the Clippers were the team that pulled that off, you know. Yeah. So, And the Lakers are now the two faces of their guys are two, like, Midwestern guys. It's kind of funny to see to see that kind of come about. But um, obviously the Staples Center is going to be lit as fuck next year. And it's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this from a Lakers standpoint and from a LeBron standpoint because, you know, if Kawhi went to the Lakers, LeBron was going to have to take a step back and we weren't going to get to see like peak LeBron. But I do, I want to see if LeBron has like one more year in him where he can show everybody that, hey, I'm the greatest player of all time I'm, and I'm still the best player in the league for like the 15th year in a row. I'm the best player in the league. You know, like that would be kind of awesome to see. And now that Kawhi is in his city, but not on his team like that, to me, if there's ever a, a time for that to happen with LeBron, it's going to be this year. And I'm, I'm really excited right. about that in itself. Um, do you want to talk about the Thunder, though? Because that's kind of what we are. We're, we're Thunder fans. Right. Um, yeah. So obviously, I think Brett Dawson was the first one to point this out you're probably looking at moving Russell Westbrook at this point. Um, yeah. It just which, makes sense, right? Yeah. There's the Thunder need to move on. Um, and you and I have both felt really that the Thunder really have needed to move on from this ever since Kevin Durant left. But like, obviously when Russ is here and he wants to stay, like you as an executive can't like say no, we're not going to give you another contract because uh, it's Russell Westbrook and he's the he's the MVP and you know all all of that. He was the one who stayed and yeah, but now it's time to move on because you and I both agreed that like the Thunder were not really in contention this year. Um, they really were looking at struggling to be in the playoffs this year. Um, it wasn't a good situation. Um, and, you know, despite a lot of that is because of Russ. Um, and despite that, like his reputation in the league as a player among players and definitely still among media types and executives, given that it was all NBA last year, is still really high. Um, so, well, I think that his contract is more difficult to move than some Thunder fans would like to admit. Um, like, there will be there will be some place for him somewhere, and the Thunder can probably get assets back for him and begin right. the process of actually rebuilding. Yeah, um, so I agree with you absolutely. Um, I okay the. Thunder are in a, a good situation now, whereas they they just weren't yesterday. Like, before yeah. this happened, like, they were in that territory that no one wants to be in, right? They were, it, at best, you're looking at another 5-6 maybe. Like, if yeah. they have a great year next year, you're looking at a 5 or 6 seed. And yeah. now... And at that point, you're it's a first-round exit, and then you get a draft pick yeah. Actually, you don't get your draft pick next year. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, if next year's draft pick. Uh, so basically, you could look at this deal as already gaining another draft pick because now you're gonna get your because it's top twenty protected. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be in a position to probably capitalize on keeping that draft pick, which is that's good. That's you needed that. They had a shot at that anyways, but now it's almost guaranteed. You're gonna keep that draft pick next year add it to the treasure trove that you have that you got from the Clippers. And that's just another asset that you have on your team, you know? And like, right. they're just, they're 100% into asset accumulation mode, which is like, 
as a fan of a team, it can honestly be one of the more exciting phases of your franchise. Because right. I know that the end result is you want to be where the Thunder were a few years ago. But it's pretty cool to be able to like trade Paul George and get so much for him. You know, right. it's pretty cool to do that. It's pretty cool to like have a guy like Danilo Gallinari and not have to think about, oh, he can't play defense and he's injury prone. But think about right. you can say, think what about Danilo, team? Danilo Gallinari. It's like, yeah, no, he's a he's a small forward on an expiring contract who can really shoot, create his own shot. Like, yeah, that is exactly we, that is something that somebody will want like. And some team, yeah, like some playoff team in the West or even the East is going to look at their team and be like, crap, we've got a hole at the four, the three. We need one more guy, and then we've got a shot. We have as good a shot as anybody. He can shoot it. Um, he's just a good offensive player. Somebody's going to look at that and be like, oh, we need this guy and make that deal. And that's another first-round draft pick. So, like, you're kind of looking at this now, like the Thunder – getting like seven first round draft picks for Paul George. And like, if there's a guy in the NBA that I want making draft picks, it's probably Sam Presti. Right. Like, I know that like he didn't make every great move. Like in, yes, the thunder did squander the opportunity to win a championship with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. That did happen. Yes. Yeah. But he was the guy that drafted those players. So like, if there's a guy that you would think would turn seven first round draft picks into something, it's probably the guy that took those three guys in three consecutive years. Yeah. And honestly, this is the first time because this is something we talked about with with the Darius Baisley pick is that the Thunder have always worked on two timelines, right? They have never really been in win now exclusively mode. And that's reflected in the way that they treat, they've treated their picks. Like if they were really all in on winning now, then like these various picks that they've dealt out, like if it had been about getting a championship now exclusively, they wouldn't have had these protections on them and they would have been more valuable. Um, like, and so this is, we can get out of the win now timeline entirely. It's gone. We're not going to win now. So we don't have to worry about that. Like, so we're focused exclusively on building for the future. Um, and like, we can do that with a renewed, with a renewed focus and a renewed energy. Uh, now that we have like <laughs> more first round picks than we know what to do with, we're getting all of ours back. Like we're, I have no idea how our second, how all of the second round picks are going to convey through that. Um, right. But yeah, that's, um, no, it's it's really exciting to be sitting here and like looking at the possibilities for how this team could prepare for the future. Yeah, so yeah, and I'm looking at, you know, the draft picks. We got a twenty twenty two pick from the Clippers, which is massive. Right. Like, that's that's gonna be the double draft. That's the draft where the high school kids are probably gonna be in it. And also the one and duns are gonna be there too. So it's gonna be basically two years of top recruits going into one draft class. That's massive. And that's the year that we have our pick uh, out to the Hawks. It's lottery protected. So the Thunder probably are going to need to miss the playoffs that year. They probably will, if the West stays like it is. Right. Um, And I know that's a long ways into the future. But the Thunder need to miss the playoffs that year. (laughs) They need to have two. They need to have two picks that year. Because – presumably like if you have the number six or seven pick in that draft, like usually that's not the most exciting thing right. in the world. That's going to be but like a number got, two or three pick. Exactly. If there's two crops of kids, that's, that's like a number two or three pick in a normal draft. And that's awesome. That's great to have. And then you're looking at having another first round pick, which presumably if it's a late first round pick from the Clippers, that would be like having a mid first in a normal year. You know what I mean? So that's a really huge pick to pick up. They also got getting that Miami 2021 pick is huge because that's an unprotected pick from the Heat. The Heat just signed Jimmy Butler, but like, how good is Jimmy Butler going to be in 2021? You know, like the dude's, I think, going to be 30 this year. And 
he's a pretty injury prone player. He misses games every year for injury. He's a guy that's played for Tom Thibodeau. So you, you would think that he's going to break down sooner than the average player. Right. He so has played like a lot for Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. That could potentially be another, like a top, you know, at least a lottery pick, you know? So like, there's just a lot of things to get excited about on my side of things. And I know that I am more intrigued by future talent and draft picks than the average person. Like I really like the idea of loading up on lottery picks. I think it's great, but um, it's still like for an average fan that doesn't give a shit about it. Like at least, you know, there is reason to be excited about having a bunch of young players, you know, and it just being different, you know, we're going to not have to watch the same fucking thing happen over and over again. And that to me is a reason in itself to be excited. Um, And like, cause I know that the average fan, whenever they saw that Paul George got traded, they were like, Oh no, why would we do this? And I was just literally all right, we need to trade Russ. That was my first thought was right. Yeah. We need to trade Russ too. I think I, I tweeted trade Russ too. That was my, I think my first tweet after I saw the news. So like, that's where my head is at. Um, and like, don't expect to get Paul George assets for Russell Westbrook. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, but you can get something. And if you get something for Russell Westbrook, you put that with Shea Gilgis Alexander and the five first round draft picks that we got for Paul George, then you're kind of kickstarting your rebuild. Not necessarily in as quick a way as New Orleans has done it, but kind of in that same ballpark, you know, like at least in the same way of going about it. Because I think everybody would look at New Orleans and be really excited about what they have for the future. And it's not that dissimilar, other than the fact that they just got unbelievably lucky and won the lottery right now i just i it's 2009 again like welcome back to thunder you (laughs) this is so good i love this and thunder fans should love this because expectations are gone just (laughs) we can go to games and cheer for young guys playing really hard billy donovan can finally set up whatever basketball his way looks like right well and like Look at looking at Shea Gilgis Alexander is that one of the few things, like one of the probably the most valuable things about him is that he is an extremely malleable player. Mm-hmm. Like that guy, it really doesn't matter if you were to get draft picks, like who you draft to put around him, like he's going to fit with pretty much anybody. Right. Because he's like, right. he's kind of a three and D plus wing or three and D plus point guard right now. Yeah, and he's, three and like a, point he's yards. like a combo guard plus defender. Like Right, exactly. Like I kind of think of him as like a better Malcolm Brogdon. You know, maybe not quite that she's not yeah, that kind of yeah. shooter yet, but he's got more off the dribble game than Malcolm Brogdon does. Right. And that, those kind of guys fit with literally anybody. You right. could get was, another one of those guys, you could get a wing that initiates like those guys fit with every player in the NBA. Right. He came into the NBA and was immediately able to contribute on a team that made the playoffs. Like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is good. Um, and, like, you know, maybe he's a high-floor, low-ceiling guy. But that's fine. Like, there's, right. there's, like, it's, like, God, the Thunder in such a good situation. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> was, yeah. Let's, um, let's go, go into, let's do some trades, um, Let's throw out some theoretical trades that right. would would net the Thunder of just a couple more assets. And I, I only have three written down if you might have to add some. But um, just these trades are involving Danilo Gallinari or Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, because, I mean, there's literally no reason to keep Danilo Gallinari. And we'll talk about maybe a little bit later of, like, I guess the Thunder could try to just go into this and be like, well, we added two rotation players for the price of one. So we're going to go at it, you know, and try to make the playoffs and it's going to be great. I really hope they don't do that, but we'll talk yeah. about that scenario. It if is it happens. supremely important that they don't do that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, all right. So I'm going to throw first trade. This is just a pure Gallinari trade. Um, 
this is trading Danilo Gallinari to the Portland Trailblazers, which I know on our last podcast we were very confused about what they were doing and we're not excited about it. And the main reason was because they don't have really a power forward. And I think Danilo Gallinari would fill that role pretty well. And, like, defensively, they're kind of just giving up, especially on the wing, and they're just going to hope that Hassan Whiteside can turn everybody away at the rim. And Gallinari fits that mold to a T. So I like the fit for him in Portland. And we would be getting Kent Bazemore, another he's just an expiring contract wing like he's a fine player like he's not a terrible player but he's on an expiring contract and thunder would save a little money here i think they would save about four million dollars which they would want to do because assuming the thunder are probably going to want to get under the tax for this year right um this is not this is not a team you pay the tax for right no because i mean if you're missing the playoffs you you don't want to pay the tax like especially as much into the repeater taxes the thunder are like they need to get themselves out of that situation so in a couple years if they're in a situation where they are better they can actually pay the tax for a team that doesn't suck and it won't be like mega mega repeater tax you know what i mean um, but also with Baysmore, the Thunder would get a first-round draft pick. I don't really care what year, like a, hopefully not like 2025 or something. But you know, within the next maybe a 2022, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Give us a 2022 first. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a this would be just a total asset play. Like you get Kent Baysmore to play a year. I who cares? Whatever he can fit. Kent Baysmore fits with pretty much any team. Play him on the wing. I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, it's not. And you get that first important. round draft pick. Yeah. You save some money and you get yeah. that first round draft yeah. pick. This is a win win, I think, for both teams. Right. Yeah. You could, like, the Thunder could do whatever with Ken Basemore. He's another expiring contract. Like, maybe they can trade down even more in salary. Who knows? Um, it's not important, but, like, this is a win win deal. So to me, this is actually probably, I mean, I'm not going to say the most likely because, again, like, who knows what Portland's really doing. Right. Um, but this, this is the deal where it's like, all right, there's there's a there's a clear basketball benefit for the Blazers to do this. So like, that makes more sense than like every other trade, which is essentially just like financial. Yeah. Well, and and just the Blazers are gonna look at this year like every other West team that's competing and just be like, hey, we could do it. We made the Western Conference Finals last year. And right. we added Hassan Whiteside. They're going to think that they have a really good shot to actually mm-hmm. make a, make some noise in the playoffs. Um, and I think they'll look at Gallinari as a piece that would really help them in that endeavor. So, like, I I think this is a no-brainer trade. Um, maybe there's a better trade out there for the Thunder, and we just don't see it. Um, I have another one for Gallinari. It's not quite as clean. It's a little, it's a little wonky. Um, Mm-hmm. But it's interesting in that you're, you're taking a swing on a uh, on a specific player. So this would be Danilo Gallinari to, to Orlando. And you'd be taking back the contract of Timofey Mozgov. And you would be getting additionally Markel Fultz and a first round pick. And so to me, the only like the intrigue in this deal is. That yeah, Mozgov's an expiring. He doesn't matter, um, but you're getting Markel Fultz, who at one point was a great basketball player. Like he was a really good player. That most people were thinking he's going to be the number one option on a good team in the NBA. Yeah. So like that in itself, like hey, it's an upside play. There's there's something to be said for swinging for the fences on a guy in the situation the Thunder are in. Like there's no problem there. Like, and again, with a guy like Shea, at that point, if Fultz finds his form, then Shea and Fultz is a great backcourt together. Two big guys that can both play point guard or shooting guard. Like, yeah, that's a really interesting backcourt. That if it hits, you've got your backcourt for the next eight years. You know, yeah. so that's to me is intriguing. And I mean, I'm saying there's like a 1% chance that Fultz actually does that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I mean, even if it doesn't, that like, that's why like you throw in that first and like getting yeah. anything back for Gallinari is just like win territory for the Thunder right now. Exactly. And like Markel Fultz is theoretically a, an expiring contract. 
Like if he comes to Oklahoma City and sucks and just doesn't play or whatever, the Thunder can decline his option next year and not bring him back. Like it's there's no long term commitment here um, for the Thunder. So I think again that's another kind of just win win deal that I don't see how you could say no if you're the Thunder in that situation. Now maybe Orlando's like guys, we have enough Fords, we don't need another one. So who knows? Yeah. Um. All right, the last trade I have is, this is a rush trade. Um, and this one, to me, makes a lot of sense as well. Um, presumably, the Thunder would be able to do like both of these kind of trades, like trade Gallo and Westbrook. Um, but this is to Miami for Goran Dragic, who's an expiring contract, and Justice Winslow. And if you want to throw a first-round pick in there to make yourself feel better, that's fine, too. Um, But at the same time, you're getting off Russell Westbrook's contract, so that in itself is a pretty big asset. Um, So I kind of look at that as I would be fine with just taking back Winslow and Goran Dragic. I think that that is enough. That's plenty. You're saving money in the process, and you're just opening yourself up to have a lot of flexibility after the after Goran Dragic's contract comes off your books, mm-hmm. yeah, this is um, this is the rust trade that is possible and makes sense, right? Um, I would not be surprised at all if this happens. Um, well, and you keep there's... hearing that Miami wants to make a splash, like they've been talking about Bradley Beal or whatever, but like, there's no way Bradley Beal's actually on the market. I mean. Yeah. Does Washington doesn't even have a GM right now. So, like, they're not really going to look to trade him until they know what's going on with their GM. And then at this, like, that point, the GM's probably going to be like, oh, we want to keep Bradley Beal. You know, that's like the one good player they have. But, like, this trade, that's a good pivot for the Heat. Like, get a guy in Russell Westbrook who is a legitimate star name like he's not necessarily that kind of player at this point but he has the name recognition that miami people are going to get really excited about yeah yeah it's um yeah russ and jimmy um is i mean certainly some personality there right Um, right this is one of those things where part of what you're banking on is like the belief that Miami will not be as good as they think they will be. Um, and then yeah. also, like, there's some malleability, there's some flexibility with Miami because we have that 2021 unprotected from them. So, like, exactly. there's there's ways, like, even if they're not totally sold on this, there's ways you can make this work, like, right. could, like as part of this deal. Um, maybe give them that pick back for a different pick or whatever. There's a lot of th- yeah. there's a lot of things you could do with this. Um, there's exactly. some flexibility there. Exactly, and I don't know. I just think that it doesn't make sense really to keep Russell Westbrook. We've seen what Russell Westbrook by himself has done. Russell Westbrook's now considerably older than he was when that happened. Yeah. Um, it just yeah, it makes a lot of sense to get off this Russell Westbrook contract and. Miami seems like the kind of place that he wouldn't hate going to either. Like, I think that that is an important part of this that we haven't mentioned is like the Thunder can't really just trade Russ anywhere. I don't feel like I feel like the Thunder need to kind of do Russ a favor. Right. Because they do have to do right by Russ in this. Like exactly. Like Russ has given a lot to the Thunder organization. And it's like what we were talking about our last podcast. I think, Player loyalty is overrated, but a team's commitment and loyalty to a player is actually maybe underrated because that's what players in the NBA see. Like if right. they see that's the Thunder, like you're, the way you treat your players is your professional reputation. Like, exactly. That's why Boston had no shot at Anthony Davis. Right. Right. If the Thunder ship Russell Westbrook to Memphis or Phoenix and he does not want to go there at all that's going to make the thunder look pretty bad. Right. Like that's not going to be a good look for the thunder. Russ is going to have no choice cuz he's got 4 years left on his contract. The team's going to be like, dude, you're playing. Like it's not like you're going to come here and request a trade from us. Like 
we're going to get you and we're going to play you. So, like, I look at big markets as as places that Russ could land and he could be in a a good situation for himself, at least off the court, because, I mean, I don't really – I mean, Miami would not be that good with Russ, but I think Russ could look at it as like, oh, it's me and Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Like, it, like me and Paul, but Jimmy's better. So I, I could see Russ being like that. So, um, right. It's I, yeah. That's a that's a like that's the whole thing, is because you you could sell Russ on teaming up with Jimmy the same way that like like that the Clippers were able to sell Kawhi on teaming up with PG. Like, exactly. Even though really that happened the other way around. But yeah, you know what I mean. Right. No, I think that that's I like that trade a lot. It's pretty clean. Like there's. I think everybody in that trade wins essentially because Miami they don't want they don't want young players they like Pat Riley doesn't have time for that shit you know Pat Riley wants established veterans with star power and Russell Westbrook is an established veteran with star power so right. I think the trade makes a lot of sense the Thunder get uh, Goran Dragic that's another guy that they could flip right right like there's, yeah like that's another Dragic guy is who's a like good a point starting guard. caliber point guard in the NBA yeah. Yeah, like so they're like, yeah, absolutely. I then, I love this trade. Yeah, Justice Winslow, a guy, not necessarily, um, you know, held in high regard at the moment, but like he's on a he's, really reasonable contract. Yeah, he's on a reasonable contract. His career is still young. Like yeah, I think there's well, reason to think that like you know a change of scenery could potentially. Um, be of use to him, and if it's not like if he's if he doesn't like take a step, that's fine too. The Thunder don't need to be good right now. They don't need to be good, and at the like Justice Winslow is not a bad basketball player. Like, there's no way you look at he might not be like this star player, but the guy was a 38 percent three point shooter the last two years on low volume, but you know it's still he's not horrendous from there and he was a guy that Miami essentially turned into their point guard by the end of last season right like they he's a guy that can do some stuff with the ball in his hands and next to Shea Gilgis Alexander like we said earlier that's a really good fit like Shea probably doesn't need to be your primary initiator on offense and so if you put him with a guy like uh, Justice Winslow initiating from the wing like that's a really good fit also, defensively, you're just monstrous. Like, yeah. you've got, if you're r- running out there with Shea, Terrence Ferguson, Justice Winslow, Jeremy Grant, and Steven Adams, yeah, you're going to have one of the worst offenses in the league. But, yeah, like but you said, like, you don't need to win. Rating of, you're going to have a defensive rating of like 90. Yeah, you don't need to win, and you're going to play great defense. Like, there's, there's something to be said for that. So, at least you'll have like a direction and an identity with your team, you know? Right. So. I'm kind of I'm pretty in on this trade. Um, yeah. The more we talk about it, but yeah. and Winslow's only 23. Like, yeah. He's still a young basketball player, so I I love the trade. I think that this needs to happen by the end of the day, or I'm going to be disappointed. So yeah. I mean, no. I was a little upset it didn't happen immediately. At <laughs> that point, I would not have stopped calling you until you woke up. Right. Um. Yeah. Exactly. If the trade <laughs> rests. Yeah, it's just it's time to move on. We don't we don't need we don't need to see what another season of Russell Westbrook doing his shit does. Like it just doesn't it needs to not happen. Like we need to we need to get Russ into a situation that he feels like I guarantee you Russ is not excited about what's happening right now. Like Yeah. I 100% think that Russ probably would prefer to be traded to a good situation right now. And if you yeah. could get even if it just seems like a good situation, I think that's what the Thunder need to do. Like, I don't don't trade Russ to Phoenix in all likelihood, unless Russ is like, yeah, I'll go to Phoenix. That's fine. Don't do that. You know, don't. I think the Knicks make sense from a city standpoint, but they also just probably can't make a trade for Russ at this point. Yeah, like, they, they not really, until December. They really screwed that up. Um, yeah, th- that's what really screwed it up. But the Knicks are such a fucking shit show man like (laughs) they just had to go sign every power forward in the nba so they couldn't they could easily be sitting there being like yeah we'll take russ we would like one russell westbrook please yeah you know but then they don't have the cap room to do it because they're fucking idiots yeah god 
Well, they're, I mean, they're convinced they're going to get Giannis in two years, so. Yeah, fuck, yeah, fucking morons. I'm (laughs) mad, I'm mad at them. I watched their summer league team last year, all their young players suck. Like, there's nothing good going on in the right now. They're going to, like, win summer league. um, No, they're not going to win summer league because none of their players pass. (laughs) Oh. Every, every single one of their players doesn't pass. I had forgotten that they, did they lose that game against the Pelicans? Yeah, I did. they were down I, like eleven. <laughs> I did stop watching after after the Zion knee knock. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I was tired of watching Mitchell Robinson foul people. Yeah, you got Mitchell Rob. I don't hate Mitchell Robinson. He just fouls people too much, and he's the one guy that doesn't like on, only shoot. Right. Alonzo Trier, got Alonzo Trier, Kevin Knox, and yeah. R.J. Barrett, and none of them are interested in passing to each other. No. Dennis Smith doesn't pass. Like, Julius Randle doesn't pass. Like, no, 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 no. This is going to be a bad basketball team. Like, Julius Randle can pass, but he's not, like, a guy that – he passes to get assists is what I feel like Randle does. Yeah. Like, all – like, they have guys that will pass, but it's only if, like, they know the person's going to shoot it. You know, they're they're going to have the worst flowing offense you can imagine. Yeah, and it's going to be bad players doing it. Like it's one thing if you've got James Harden and Chris Paul handling the ball, making passes to assists, but no, it's another thing when it's freaking Dennis Smith. You know, God, what an (laughs) unwatchable basketball team that is. Good lord, I'm so mad. The Garden, you know, Giannis, maybe. God, God, zero chance of that happening. Um, yeah. What else is there to talk about here? Um, I guess aspect, we should oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yo, you can talk about it. I was going to say one as, one aspect um, that I'm personally really excited about is uh, like if the Thunder were going to attempt to contend this year, Darius Baisley would have been like playing in the G League, and he's probably going to get significant minutes now. Like, yeah, we're you going to get think. to see Darius Baisley play basketball. Yeah, I I think that that's a good chance of happening. And also like the Thunder summer league team plays at two o'clock. Pretty excited about watching some Deontay Burton and Hamadou Diallo. Right. Like there's just, there's a lot more reason to be excited about all of the Thunder's young guys now because they don't have to be like playoff contender. Good. They can just be interesting. Like, yeah, you can just, this is, this is so freeing. Like, I cannot believe how ecstatic I am that my team isn't contending anymore. Um, right. Because no, you can I'm just telling you, appreciate all of them for what they are. Right. The last few years have honestly been miserable to watch. Like, yes. it's been awful watching this team for the last two years. And now it's like, it's something new. If they lose a game, good. We need to lose. Right. This you know? is, yeah, th- no, this is so good. This is, I'm about to unlock the secret of enjoying the next, like, three seasons of Thunder basketball for every Thunder fan listening to this right now, and it's called the Atlanta Method, right? Right. We're going to go undefeated next year, because when we win, we won, and when we lose, we win. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's great, man. It's this is a fun place to be. Like, there's all like Philadelphia 76ers. There's a lot of those fans had so much fun while they were tanking. Like, it's it's a good time. It really is. It's a good time to be an NBA fan when your team has no expectations and you can get unreasonably excited about guys like Terrence Ferguson and Shea Gilgis Alexander. And like, oh right. man, they're going to be amazing. Like, it's it's fun to do. And right. Because, like, what is, like, Terrence Ferguson, like, we would have spent the whole year agonizing over him shooting 34% and not 38%. And now it's fine. And we just get to watch the best dunker in the NBA <laughs> just be himself. Yeah, I'm very – I'm excited. Like, Ferguson's going to have an opportunity to expand his game this year. It's probably not going to go particularly well at no, a lot of times. But that's like, fine. But it's okay. Like, it's just about development. And if he gets to that point where he can do some stuff off the dribble, then you've got another guard that can do stuff, you know, and that that's huge. Um, 
I want to give a quick shout out to our friend who's not on the podcast with us, Sam Davis. Um, he's being helped. I think he's helping his grandparents move today. So shout out for right. being a, a loving good, grandson. Just a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's like an annoying person for being so nice. Like he helps me move whenever it's <laughs> what an annoying person. Um, but I just want to say he wanted to make sure that he is on record in saying that the Thunder should actually move on from Sam Presti and hire another Sam <laughs> to take the Thunder into the next uh, phase of their franchise. And he wants to bring back to Oklahoma former Sooner Sam Hinkie. And he wants to fully trust the process for the Oklahoma right. City Thunder. And while I disagree with him because I think we have the correct Sam to do that, I can respect Sam's commitment to Sam Hinkie. There's a lot of Sams in this uh, I would, scenario we're yeah, talking about. I, would, I wouldn't hate Hinkie, um, you know, taking maybe an analytical role in the front office. Um, I, yeah. I would be really amused if that happened. Um, get the we two should Sams just together, get them both. Yeah. Piling assets. Exactly. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it would be amazing too because it would it would upset Philadelphia fans as well because they would be sad to see Sam Hinkie working from for another team, and right. I would en- I would enjoy that. I would um, enjoy that, yeah. And also, like Hinkie and Presti are two different kinds of weird person. Oh yeah, and that's really fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think like last podcast I was talking about you can't have an organization that doesn't treat players like humans and Sam Hinkie definitely does not treat players like human beings. That's yeah, there's no doubt about it, but I think Sam Presti definitely does. So it, it could be a good balance, you know? You yeah. Could, yeah. You could have both sides of the spectrum. And I think that that's the team. The, the Sam's will get Oklahoma city back um, to where, to where we as fans want them to be competing for championships. So, right. Um, so yeah, got, had to get that in there. Shouts to Sam Davis for his opinion, I guess. <laughs> um, is there anything like, I don't really have, I guess we could talk about real quick, just if the thunder, I think that there's a non-zero chance that the thunder are going to look at this deal as hey, we can still serve both timelines because we have Danilo Gallinari, who's a really good player. Jay Gilgis-Alexander is a good player that's going to be a, a rotation guy. And like, hey, we just traded two wing, or we traded one rotation player for two rotation players, so now we're a deeper team. We can do more stuff now. Um, I don't think that it would be the end of the world if that happened. I would not be excited about it. Um, I don't think you'd be making the right decision. But if the Thunder were to go into next year with largely this team, um, I don't like, there's still a lot of stuff to happen before, you know, before the trade deadline, you know, the Thunder could start the year really poorly, which I think would be likely (laughs) like, I'm not (laughs) super optimistic about the idea of Russell Westbrook's usage going back up and, um, having these guys do stuff like so yeah i don't i don't i don't want this to happen but at the same time like we could still we could easily make that trade that we were talking about with the portland trailblazers for danilo gallinari mid-season you know we could easily you know miami starts the year and they suck or they're just not as good as they want to be and they could be like oh well we still we've got to get a starter pair with jenny like it's got to happen like that trade could easily go down in the mm-hmm. middle of the season, you know? So I think that I think by this time next year, I think our roster will look kind of like what we want it to look like, but it might yeah. just take that long to get it there, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, I mean, even if the thunder play next year, um, even if the Thunder play with this roster next year, I don't see them being successful and I don't see them being like, oh yeah, this is what we have to build around now. You know, I don't think that that's what Sam Presti would do. I don't think Presti strikes me as a guy that's willing to just, 
yeah, we'll we'll be an eight seed every year. I don't think that's Sam Presti. Right. And, like, the other aspect of this is, you know, going beyond Presti, like, this is a really expensive, not very good team. Like, you, right. you need to, like, you need to make moves purely because, like, this money is not acceptable. Like, you're there, yeah. like, so hard into the repeater tax. Like, even, like, even if the Thunder made the moves we specified, um, like, specifically, like, we ran the numbers for the Blazers move and the uh, Heat move. Like, take those two moves together, and the Thunder are still, like, $10 million above the luxury tax. Well, it's, like, $9 million. Um, so, right. Like, even that, like, there are moves to be made to cut costs. Yeah. Um, and, like, <laughs> cutting 10, millions of, 10 million off of the luxury, that's, like, that is an astonishing amount of money that that saves. Um, right. Like, hunt, like, it, I mean, it, it'd be around I them. Thir- it'd be around 30 or $40 million. Right. If they yeah. were able to cut... Ten million dollars off the luxury tax from what they are right now. Yeah. Um, so it it's something that presumably needs to happen. Like mm-hmm. I I just I don't think the Thunder are done. Like I, I will say that even if they yeah. don't trade Russ or Gallinari this summer, they're not going to go into the year with a big tax bill for this team because I don't. Even if the Thunder are like oh, we can make the playoffs, like, it's not a contender. Like, I think they thought of themselves as a contender before, right. and there's just no way to look at yourself like that now. If you are, you're being irresponsible and not honest with yourself. And yeah. again, that's not Sam Presti. Sam Presti is, I think he's really good at evaluating his own teams, you know, and looking at the situation and planning for the future. I think that that is Sam Presti's strength. So, um I think the Thunder will make a move. Um, I don't think Steven Adams is going to get traded. I know yeah, that, was that was the trade that we were. Yeah. yeah, we were kind of looking for Adams trades to kind of hopefully maybe push the Thunder over the top and kind of change their trajectory a little bit. But the trajectory has been changed for them now. And the reality of Steven Adams is if you don't have Russell Westbrook, you can build around. You can build with Stephen Adams. Yeah. You can. Like you got to get a point guard that can shoot, and you got to get some shooting around him. But you can have Stephen Adams be your center. Um, and I assume that the Thunder aren't going to give him twenty five million dollars a year after he's done with this contract. Right. He's got two years left. He's a good center. Two years left. If you could get him on like a twelve to fifteen million dollar contract for his next contract then you're looking at a decent value there. You're not looking at an overpaid center that can't shoot. You're looking at a guy who does all the little things to help your team win for a reasonable price, you know? Right. And to me, that is intriguing when you don't have, have him having to deal with having Russell Westbrook as his point guard, basically. Right. You know? And it's so just, I, I think there's value there. Yeah. There are so many things like, I think, you know, now that we're not in contention, Steve doesn't Steve, like Billy presumably won't feel the need to play Steve 36 minutes a night, which will be good for Steve. It'll be good for his career yeah. long term. Um, they need to get him down to like 28 to 30 minutes a game. Right. I was going to say I was going to say like 25. Um, mm, I think he's well, a little better than that. Like, well, I, no, I, I, he is, but like we don't need him to be good. Like, I, right. I but think, you can't. I don't think the Thunder are the kind of team that's just going to like. I don't think they're going to try and lose. Like, I think they'll do right. what is reasonable. And I think Adams at 28 to 30 is reasonable for a guy making as much money as, as true. he is. And for a guy that's as good as he is. Like, I've never thought Adams was a bad player. I just thought he was a bad fit for what they were doing and what they were trying to do. So, right. and like um, this, um, you know, this preside, pre- like moving on from Russ is a situation that like, the entire roster stands to benefit in terms of development. Um, for one thing, like you, once this team moves on from Russ and presumably moves on from Gallo, like this is an astonishingly young team. Like yeah. this team was really long, young last year. It will get younger. Um, right. And like, 
moving on from like the most like because like the thing we talked about last like last podcast was that like Russ was the quarterback for the whole team like all of the playmaking was centered on his ability to generate shots for other people like yep. 20 potential assists a game which is a huge number and like now that playmaking responsibility will be shared throughout the team to a greater degree like this is an opportunity for Steve to develop as an interior passer um this is an opportunity for guys like Gilgis Alexander, Terrence Ferguson, Deontay Burton even uh, Hamadou Diallo, like all of these guys can have an opportunity to like regularly be attempting to create for others in the NBA. And like, it won't work all the time, but it'll work some of the time and they'll improve, you know? Yep. Well, and I'm really excited. I think Billy Donovan has got shit on for the last, ever since he's been in Oklahoma city, essentially. Absolutely. And I think Billy Donovan coached basketball. I re- I think he's a good basketball coach, and I am excited about the idea of him leading the Thunder into a rebuilding phase, because yeah. well, I think he was put in a situation that where he was never going to be successful, because honestly, I Russ is not a coachable basketball player, like he is, and if if he is a coachable player, he's such a hard player to build a team around that it that in itself makes it impossible to coach him. Like, even right. if he's yeah. going to listen to you, it still is impossible. You know what I mean? Right. It's It was a situation where, like, Billy and Russ weren't going to work together. And, like, so you either get rid of Billy and hope you can find somebody who works with Russ, or you get rid of Russ and yep. move on and do whatever Billy thinks is good basketball. I think that I think it's the move. I again, I think Billy Donovan's a great basketball coach. He was awesome in college. Like, and there's been things that he's done in the NBA that I've really, really liked. And I think that one of the main things that you can look at since he's been the coach of a Thunder of the Thunder is that player development's been really good. Yeah, you know, like they have done really well with player development. Look at Jeremy Grant. I think. You know, Steven Adams has developed quite a bit since they've been here. Like, he's done really well, and I want to see what he can do on a young team with, you know, hopefully players that kind of play the one, the way he wants to his basketball teams to play. And I'm I'm a fan of of that idea. I really want to keep Billy Donovan now. If they trade Russ, like, I mean, it literally does not matter if they're gonna just keep rolling with Russ, but. Um, Get you know trade Russ, trade Gallo, keep Billy Donovan. Um, you don't even have, they don't need to like give him a huge contract or anything, but just you know extend him for a year or two. You know, see what he can do with a young team. Yeah. All right. Um, what if we not cover it? I don't know. Do we talk about? I mean, the Thunder. I mean, we don't need to talk. I don't want to talk about this. But Thunder play a summer league game today. I'm going to be watching. It's at 2 o'clock. Yeah. I'm excited Every, to see yeah. some of the young guys. Everybody should be watching. It'll be really interesting. I don't think Darius Baisley is playing, which is sad. Yeah, that trade hasn't is it hasn't able yeah. to go through at like 11 a.m. today, I think is when that trade will actually get to go through. And then they've got to sign the contract. So it's like... Yeah, like logistically, there's it's just not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, um, maybe he'll play at some point during summer league, but like Terrence Ferguson didn't play summer league his first year because of contract negotiations. Right. So who knows? They're and they're also they're both clutch clients, so maybe that's a thing that he might not play at all. But hey, by the way, watch Deontay. Yeah, this is just a little thing. Somebody got a picture of um, LeBron, AD, and Rich Paul. Oh, all sitting yes. next to each other. Did you see this? I saw this. Yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rich, Rich knew. <laughs> just on the phone, so upset. Just yeah. dour while Rich. LeBron and Anthony Davis are having a great time. Yeah, Rich. Rich knew what was going on. That's hilarious, man. Um, all right. Hopefully, hopefully we get some more Woj bombs. I don't. I'm not ready to. Uh, Give up on the off-season player movement. I need more. Give me yeah. more. 
I'm already over. I'm already, I already forgot about the Kawhi Leonard Paul George thing. It's whatever. Give me more. I want trade Gallo today. Trade, trade Russ. Today. Trade Russ. That's that's yesterday. that's our that's our motivational sentiment. Everybody, uh, just find the Gallo in your life and trade, and trade him, him today. Trade. trade him for a first trade. round draft pick. Yeah. Who is your Danilo Gallinari, and what can you do with that expiring contract in your life? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Don't just let the contract expire and get no value for it. Right. Get you, get you a first round draft pick get in life. Pick. Exactly. Oh, All right. I think that's a good place to end. Right. Thanks so much for listening to this emergency episode of the Oklahoma Drill. Um, I hope that we have worked to dissuade Thunder fans' fears of what is to come in the future. Um, this really is an opportunity to be excited and happy about watching Thunder basketball, which, again, and I cannot stress this enough, I have not felt basically at all for the past two years. Yeah. Um, and I, so real quick, I was yeah. just going to say that I'm now going to be a tolerable Twitter presence during the season. Cause yes. that was absolutely not going to happen. I was going to be the biggest asshole ever on Twitter and it wasn't like going to be on purpose. I just was not going to be able to handle it. And I was just going to be the yeah. most negative person ever. Yeah. So well, that I won't was... happen now. I was a pretty bad Twitter presence at points during last season. I will say, yeah. I, I will happily admit that. Yeah. Uh, that Pacers game, which they ended up winning, which was the most annoying part of it. Right. The one at home. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I started active, actively soliciting people to pitch me other teams to root for. Um, <sighs> yep. Oh, it's, yep. we're free. It's in the past. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at RWMaxi, at Alex B. Purdy. Um, and go ahead and throw our oftentimes co-host at Not That Sam Davis a follow as well. Um, eventually, we'll talk about OU football. But this is so exciting. Yeah, this is so much more exciting than Dante Manning decommitting from OU. Yeah. Which, For sure. Yeah. What's up with what's up with that, huh? I don't know. It happened literally during this podcast. So yeah, it's a little upsetting, but we'll we'll he get him back. We'll get him back. Nah, he, he'll come back. Okay. I'm not worried about it. We got Alex Grinch on the case. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with more soon, probably, assuming more stuff happens.